Hello, everyone. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you may be listening to this podcast, iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify, Amazon Alexa, Apple Podcast, I welcome you to another episode of Wisdom with Charlie Perkins. I was thinking about community, and I started looking for the ways that community is used, and they're used in a lot of different ways. The online community, business community, the white community, black community, technology community. I even crowdsourced this question to my uh, social media followers, and I got all kinds of responses where people felt community. The response was festivals, football games, funerals, churches. And of course, it might not surprise you that it really doesn't tell us what we should be doing if we're trying to build a community. When I think about community, I think about Martin Luther King Jr. And I think about the notion that he put forward of a beloved community. Dr. King said, our goal is to create a beloved community and this will require a qualitative change in our souls and a quantitative change in our lives. You see, the community that King envisioned is all-inclusive. Everybody's a part of it. It can't be exclusionary if it's beloved. Secondly, if it includes everyone, the differences of its members have to actually be embraced. The beloved part of the community. When Dr. King talked about the beloved community, he stressed the fact that we all had to work for justice. And not only the justice of ourselves, but we had to work for the justice of every member of the beloved community. Now that is a pretty tall task, but I think it's a necessary one. And King thought it was a necessary one. Because what he said was that in an interconnected world, the only way we would develop the empathy required to actually solve our problems across our differences was by building the beloved community. So that's the challenge. How do we build the beloved community? Well, what if building the beloved community actually meant us taking one phrase and applying it to ourselves and to our actions? A phrase we've all heard many times, love thy neighbor. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Love thy neighbor? Charlie, you don't know my neighbor. But I don't want us to think about a specific person when we think about love our neighbor. I think we want to look at the root of the word neighbor. It actually has two roots. Nay, meaning near, and burr, meaning home base, or someone's heart to a certain extent. So if we take this notion of neighbor, instead of thinking about the people who live near us, I want us to turn it around and think about the people who we live near. That we actually start to be a neighbor by living near someone else's home. In other words, how do you love someone's home base? Well, you can visit their home base. You can visit their community, and I'm sure many of us have. If I went to your home, I'm sure I'd see travel photos, and I'd see mementos, maybe artwork from other places, maybe other foods that you consumed at home. 
But those visits are only visits. They're not the deep kind of engagement that we need when we think about beloved community. Because if we're going to take this notion seriously, we have to confront a very tough truth. We cannot consume our way to community. You know, one click, one more friend, one more trip is not actually going to build the beloved community. Instead, we need an engagement, an ongoing engagement with other communities and on their home turfs. There was a visit that I made about six years ago. It was a 4th of July weekend here in Rochester, Minnesota. I'll never forget it. If you're in Rochester, Minnesota on any holiday weekend, it's because you don't have a cabin or you don't have a boat. Otherwise, this place is almost like a ghost town. So I decided to go to church and I visited this predominantly white church here in Rochester. I sat down and the service started and we opened up our hymnals for the first song of the day and I was shocked to discover that that same song that was first was a song that we used to sing in my all black storefront church in Chicago. The second song, same one. Third song, same one. I knew all the songs. Now, I didn't sing the courses and all the verses as well as those at Autumn Ridge, but I tried. And this caused a bit of a stir among my seatmates left and right, who I did not know. They both were white. And they were curious why this black guy knew all these spirituals. So we started talking about it. We started talking about church. We started talking about family. We started talking about home. I went back the next Sunday, and then I went back again, and those visits turned into an engagement, which then turned into a professional pursuit, which then turned into, for me, lasting friendships. That's more than a visit. That's actually being a neighbor. It's not only that we build community by being the neighbor, but I would argue that being a neighbor is the ultimate expression of love. And the reason is because if we truly love our neighbor, that connection can transform people and they can actually reconcile the fiercest of enemies. If you look at the history of the American Civil Rights Movement, all the leaders at some point said something along the following lines. We weren't just fighting for African-American freedom. We were trying to liberate the oppressors from their mindset. It's what we see in so many different contexts, whether you look at Gandhi and the way he thought about the British, or you look at Mandela and Tutu and the way they thought about the Africaners. They believed that they weren't just freeing themselves but they were building a whole new society. And they were going to reconcile with their neighbors who they were living near, and they were right. Each of those societies were changed because of the practice of loving thy neighbor. And so it begs the question of how do we actually build our own capacity to be a neighbor, to practice this notion of loving our neighbors? Well, I believe that it's actually a combination of a mindset. The notion of beloved community, the notion of loving thy neighbor, living near their home base, and a certain skill set that there actually are a few attributes that you can develop 
over time. And I just want to mention a couple of attributes. The first one of these, and probably the most important, is a true respect for others. If you're going to actually venture out and visit someone else's home base and be the only person who is different, who's there, you have to actually truly respect the others. I've often been the only other in the room, the only black person, the only male, the only whatever. And when I first started, I used to try to fit in, you know, so maybe I'd dress a certain way. Maybe I'd change my accent a little bit or maybe try to find an artist that I thought somebody would like. And I would make these false connections. But you know what? That was the ultimate disrespect of the people I was visiting. I had to maintain my authenticity to show the actual respect of the other. And that's the basis we have to enter communities. We have to maintain ourselves so that when we ask a question, we can actually be asking it in truth. The second and last attribute I'll mention is as we venture out, we don't have the ability to listen in the regular way. Maybe we speak the language, but we don't know the shorthand. We don't know the cultural markers. We don't know the landscape. And so we have to develop the ability to listen with our hearts. A friend of mine who's a social worker tells a story that among grief counselors, it's well known that grief is often expressed in one's native tongue. No matter how long they've lived in another country, whatever they first grew up with is the tongue and the language that they express true grief with. And the best grief counselors don't ask them to translate. They simply listen emotionally. They listen with their hearts in order to see what that person is feeling and see what they need. We have to cultivate that same sense. We have to listen with our hearts so that we can actually engage people who are very different from us in situations that are very different from us. And I'll close with a quote from someone who, of course, knows a lot about being a neighbor, Fred Rogers, affectionately known as Mr. Rogers. He said, love isn't a state of perfect caring. It's an active noun like struggle. To love someone is to strive to accept that person exactly the way he or she is right here and now. As we look across our community, as we look across our world, the problems strike me as being communal in nature, whether it be the environment or economics and poverty or freedom and human rights, they're all communal. And I believe today that the only way we can build the capacity individually and collectively to address our communal problems is by pursuing the beloved community, by loving our neighbors. And I hope that we'll get started today. Have a blessed week, everybody. Podcast listeners, there's a new and inspiring podcast that you will want to add to your playlist, Wisdom with Charlie Perkins. During each episode of this podcast, they talk about inspiration, leadership, and management tips. Charlie Perkins and guests will also have fun and try to enhance your life in a positive way. Host Charlie Perkins shares fun stories and insight that you will truly appreciate. Wisdom with Charlie Perkins, available on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Wisdom with Charlie Perkins. Add the podcast to your playlist right now.